It is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. We are in the Mothership Studio 22, and it is San Jacinto Day in Texas. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, 185 years ago, Sam Houston, 18 minutes that changed the course of Texas destiny forever, defeated Santa Ana. Santa Ana? Mm -hmm. 18 minutes. And you know why? You know why they beat them in 18 minutes? They were having a siesta. That or they caught were them off guard. Too tired after defeating the Alamo. They were. That, yeah. That was. A, that, was, a, that, they, was a, that, that followed. It that, followed. Well, they, the they, Alamo. they walked a long way. They, they did. Had done that. Yeah. And uh, Santa Ana was in his tent. Rumor has it, based on a story that was told to Sam Houston while they were on a steamer, uh, is that one Emily Morgan was in the tent with him. Now, Emily Morgan had worked as an indentured servant. Mm. She was kidnapped by the Mexican cavalry and forced to travel with Santa Ana and his troops, and they were doing the hibbity-dibbity. That's who they named the Yellow Rose of Texas. Did you know this? I, di I really did not yes. catch that part of the history yes. in my class, but that is very interesting. It's written in a journal that, that he was doing the hibbity-dibbity with, with Emily. Emily. And she is the Yellow Rose of Texas. So that's why that's one of the reasons we have our Yellow Rose. Okay. I identify as Texan uh, shirts. The uh, Sounds like maybe she was forced. Well, she wasn't. She was captured indentured. Servant, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it could have been. Could have been. Yeah. I bet Emily was a smoke show. She was. Yeah. Or she was a coward since she was yellow. Yeah. You know. But people accused her. They thought that maybe she was a spy. No evidence that she was actually a spy for the Texas Army. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That would be a time to catch somebody off guard when they're yeah. like, give me that. Give me some of that. Let me take give off this peg leg. Right. Okay. It's hard to move around when you're Give you some of this peg leg I got. And he's coming off a high, yeah. you know, a recent high. He's like, I got this. I got this. And um, then, boom. Yeah. I don't know if he still had both legs at that point in time. I think, I think maybe. I don't know. I just want to know how you say hibbity-dibbity in Spanish. Yeah, I think it's still hibbity-dibbity. Yeah, put a little A on the end of it, a little, mm -hmm. a little, little accent mark over mark. there. Yeah, but that's today is San Jacinto Day, April twenty first, one hundred eighty five years. Uh, so we celebrate that eighteen minutes. Uh, Texas also has its scars and its history. You know that uh, the, one of the primary things, the reasons that uh, Texas fought for its independence from Mexico is Mexico was a free nation; they didn't have slaves, <laughs> and Texas wanted to maintain slavery. Uh, and it was one of the things that, that motivated that. So even with our great history, we have a scarred history, right? And uh, it's, But that's the reality of things that are there. But I'm God bless Texas. Mm -hmm. God bless you, Hot News Natalie. Thank you. We've grown from it. We, we you, have. You have to grow from your history. You don't make it, you don't erase it. We have. But even today, we're still seeing the scars of, of race issues. And of course, the Derek Chauvin case, the verdict came down yesterday. We'll talk about that later in the episode. A lot of backlash, a lot of responses, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of interesting things happening. It could be that justice in our country is dead. It, we are headed towards mob rule. We'll get into all those things. Our good friend Jack Carr, look at this handsome man right here. It's a good looking, that's a wowzer. We're going to have Jack Carr on the show later on talking about his new book, the fourth installment of his James Reese series, The Devil's Hand. If you're not reading these books, <laughs> you need to start. Get uh, the terminal list and begin right there. Uh, and a fantastic book. That's thick. It's a thick book. That's you know what I'm thick. talking about? That's what, that's what Mary, 
That's what Emily said too. When she went that's that tent. thick. Oh, that's thick. Santa. I yeah. doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> Party pal Steve gave everybody the finger last night on the show, right there from the pub. He did. He launched it out there. I couldn't help it. It was pretty funny how you swung it up there too. Several people free, tried to freeze frame it and uh said it was pretty quick. quick it was quick it was pretty quick yeah. just say it was not bad yeah hmm. allison's joint everybody knows allison joining us at the pub and of course jennings we're going to get into it today uh who knows who knows what's going on allison is beautiful i just want to say that allison. average news allison yes. right here yes <laughs> uh i guess we're chopped liver steve you think you are compared well, to, next to her uh the thing about allison is she's the most awesome human being on the planet mm-hmm. and not you know nothing against present company of course but she is the most to me she's the best human on the planet she takes care of everything she thinks of things that i don't don't even cross my mind one step ahead of you so good that's important so good she's just an incredible human being and i'm so thankful for well as a good leader you need me. to surround yourself with people who are one step ahead of you that pushes you to be a that, better that's leader that's what i try to do because i'm a visionary mm-hmm. she's my chief strategist mm-hmm. Her job is not to tell me I can't do it. It's just to figure out how to pay for it and get it done. Okay. That's, that's or come her. up with a new idea so he forgets about the last one. That's true. That's that the woman too. in you. That's <laughs> in my ADD. She knows how to manipulate me. Of course, we got the puppet master, Mark. We got Kayla Swift over there and Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians. Uh, so it's a full house, folks. You ever go out to a barbecue joint, the next day you're still digesting all of that meat. You know that feeling? Well, here's a tip for you. You got to drink some red wine with it. Not only does it taste great, but red wine actually makes you digest meat more effectively. In fact, according to some studies, it even makes red meat healthier. But not all red wines are equal. We know this. You don't want some mass-marketed red wine full of chemicals and pesticides. Instead, you need to check out Extreme Altitude Malbec from Argentina. Extreme Altitude means grapes grown at around 9,000 feet. Uh, They feed off of pure snowfall. No excess chemicals with notes of black cherry, uh, I'm sorry, blackberry leather, smoke, and dark cherry. There you go. Love drinking this wine. The owners over at um, CowboyWines.com are telling me they just got another special shipment of these wines in. Uh, Third highest vineyard in the world. That makes for a pretty strong grape right there, Hot News. I don't know if you realize this or not. Yeah. Hey, my audience, that's you guys, can get 50% off if you go there today. Visit CowboyWines.com. That's CowboyWines.com. And we'll be right back with Jack Carr. The Devil's Hand. That's the fourth installment of the James Reese saga. You guys are well aware of uh, this series of books. You need to get this one. It just released. Our good buddy, former Navy SEAL, New York Times bestselling author, Jack Carr, is joining us. Jack, you are a busy, busy man, but that's a good thing, isn't it? It's a good thing. Good problem to have. That's for sure. That's what you want. But I want to write more than one of these a year because it seems like I can only talk to you once a year when these <laughs> things come out. So I'm going to start doing two just so we can link up and talk, uh, especially in person. You know, yeah. we're doing this obviously remote right now, but uh, but I miss hanging out, man. Dude, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I uh, my guilty pleasure is is these books right here, the James Reese stories, uh, starting starting all the way back with Terminal List. You know, I kind of found Terminal List sort of by accident. Uh, read it, fell in love with it, and was hoping for sequels. And man, you're pumping them out, and I'm uh, I'm glad that you're doing it. This uh, this thing, you know, I always I was talking with um, our friend Brad Thor recently about you know his uh, 
Scott Harveth novels. And I was, I was, I think he's written like 21 or 22 of those things. What do you think? You, you going to top him on this? I don't know. I'm going to go as long as people want to keep reading them. So that's, uh, it's really up to the, the readers. But right now people are already telling me they want book five, which I'm, I'm writing at this, uh, as, as soon as I'm off this interview, bam, it's right back into, into book five. So it's go, go, go. And about one a year is it's, that's about right. Yeah. And that first one, I'm very fortunate in that, uh, you're not the only one that the, the terminal list resonated with. It also resonated with Chris Pratt. So they're filming that thing right now in LA, 350 people on set. It's like a military operation out there and uh, just got back about a week ago and had a great time out there it's just an incredible group of people and uh, they're crushing it man and people that are that have seen Chris in uh, like Jurassic World and in Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers and that sort of thing they're gonna be surprised he is uh, dark gritty primal violent visceral and it's uh yeah it's it, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome yeah I've heard uh, or I've read rather Chris Pratt talking about that character and, and what it means to play that character and uh, pretty strong stuff. Uh, I think he's going to represent it well. Do you feel a little funny when you're watching your book get turned into television or movie or just being made for screen? Do you, do you feel like it's changing or are they giving you the, the creative license to step in and say, nope, that's not along the lines of the story or, or how, how does that work? Well, when you uh, when you have no book out yet, when is, which is what happened when they optioned it, and you're not coming from sports or politics, have uh, zero social media presence, uh, and no one knows who you are, you are not negotiating from a position of strength. So you turn over all creative control to the people that are going to make it. And really, for me, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be an author. So I was reading the, all these books in the in the 80s and 90s, and I'd watched the film adapta adaptations or the television adaptations. So I knew that uh, when you tell a story visually there will be changes so it wasn't a shock that there was going to be changes but i got to advise on all the scripts and for chris and antoine fuqua who is directing the first episode uh and who is an executive producer on this as well what they wanted was really to keep that authenticity that realism uh that gritty primal nature uh but then tell the story through a visual medium so it's an eight-part series for amazon that should be coming out sometime in 2022 but uh when you turn over your narrative to somebody to adapt to film there's a lot of trust there. So uh, trusting Chris and Antoine to, to do this, that couldn't be in better hands. Well, in this, in, in your books, the impressive thing to me is when I'm reading them, uh, it, they, you, you've taken this character, James Reese, all over the world. I mean, this guy has really been a wanderer uh, and it's just kind of a wandering warrior, if you will, just on a mission all over the world. And, and when you describe those places, I can literally picture them in my mind. It's so descriptive. I, like, I think back through every single book, I can still... Um, envision the locations. Uh, how 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 are you able to do that? You've gone to a lot of these places, haven't you? That's right. So for the first one, I was still in the military when I started writing it. So I'd been to Iraq, I'd been to Afghanistan, I'd been to most all of the places that I describe in the novel. For that second one, uh, I'd already been to Morocco, already been to the Ukraine. I hadn't been to Mozambique. So I went to Mozambique, put boots on the ground there and got to weave that local flavor into that storyline because it was such an important part of that second novel, True Believer. Uh, same thing with, uh, with part of that second and then the third, Savage Son. I went down to South Africa, helped train up an anti-poaching unit down there 
there because I needed to learn about man tracking and the people down there, uh, the people in these anti-poaching units that are protecting some of the last rhino on earth are some of the best man trackers mm. on the planet. So I spent some time with them down there and got to weave that into both the, the second and the third novels. And then for that third one, yeah, I put boots on the ground in Russia, in Kamchatka Peninsula, which is just south of Siberia. So I put boots on the ground over there and uh, and wanted to weave some of that local flavor as well, some of the things you can only get by going to these places. And then for this fourth one, I was very fortunate in that most of the research for this one was academic, and I had to learn about infectious diseases, the weaponization of infectious diseases, that sort of thing. Um, and I didn't really need to travel anywhere because it's mostly continental United States based. And I was fortunate because everything shut down as I started writing this thing uh, for COVID. So I didn't have to fly, didn't have to do that research, uh, but I had to do a lot of academic research. And it was I outlined it in August of 2019, well before 2020, well before COVID hit. Uh, and it became a much more timely novel than I anticipated back in August of 2019 when I outlined it. So I think I've told you this before that usually when I read your books, I, I have to I don't do the page turning. I, I usually read it in a digital format. And the reason I like to do that is because you have so much gear and so much uh, the weaponry and, and so many descriptive things that I have to highlight it and then look it up because I want to see it. So reading your books actually turns into a very expensive venture for me because I get your gear list, which I think you just released a new one, didn't you? Uh, and That's I right. go shopping, man. You know, I hear that a lot from people, uh, especially from a lot of the guys whose wives aren't very uh, happy with me because of the credit card charges that come from uh, from their purchases. But yeah, I, I typically like to describe because I've been a gear guy my whole life before mm -hmm. the military, during the military, after. And what I see somebody carrying, how they carry it tells me a story about them. So I use this gear as a character development tool. Like if I see somebody carrying a, uh, you know, Cockton Lock 1911 in a leather holster on a leather belt, uh, you know, stepping out of an old, uh, you know, 1975 Ford pickup truck, that tells me something about them. Or if I see somebody that is carrying a, uh, a striker fire pistol in a Kydex holster with a nylon belt, stepping out of a brand new Ford Raptor, that tells me something else about them. So I use these things to, uh, to develop the characters. And uh, for me, that tells a story. Yeah, and I always, uh, I've, I've always looked at reading your books. I, I've told Brad Thor, I said a lot of times when I'm reading his books, it's, it's not fiction, it's faction, right? You learn a lot from the books. The same, same with this series of books, uh, and, and I, Devil's Hand, no different. Um, and I appreciate that about, and, and I, I've told you this off air, you've got my, I love your Instagram, right? Jack Carr USA, at Jack Carr USA, probably my favorite I told you if I could get you in a bikini and turn you into an Instagram model, it would be better. But it's great because you've got this day in history. You, you talk about gear. You talk about all kind of things that are on there that are just real informative. And, and it's not just a quick little easy post. I mean, you're, you're doing all of those yourself, aren't you? I am. I put a lot of thought into those because people are trusting me with their time. Yeah. And if someone's trusting me with their time, whether it's in the pages of the novel, whether they're listening to it for over 10 hours with Ray Porter reading the the, the uh, audio book, or if they're just scrolling through Instagram and they've trusted me uh, with that because time, we don't know how much time we have on this planet. You don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. You don't know if you have a year. You don't know if you have five years. Uh, you just don't know. So um, trusting me with that time is something I take very seriously. So um, I try to be as thoughtful as I possibly can in my posts, just like I would be with a uh, with a paragraph in the novel. I put just as much thought into both of those things uh, as a as a thank you to the reader, because that's what I owe them in return for that uh, that investment of time. How, 
I mean, this is a process. Obviously, it's a labor of love. It's more than just a job. You've, you've told us before that you've had a passion to be an author your entire life. And, and the descriptive way that you tell a story is very impressive. Every now and then I'll sit down. I, you know, I've got a book coming out uh, in, in August, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's a daunting task to go through the writing process, through the publishing process, everything. Uh, you know, I go through the I go through with the editors, you know, in this process now, and it's like you're handing your baby off to them, you know, and they they want to make the changes and they they want to fix things and 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 many things need to be fixed. Uh, how tedious is this process for you? Not not only just the writing, but just the business side of this. Well, the business side was what was a surprise because I thought at the outset that you could go up to the mountains, live in a cabin, write a book, send it to New York, and then start your next one. Yeah. I didn't realize. You had to do all the things you would have to do if you were starting any business, running a coffee shop, whatever it might be. Uh, you have to do the budget, the advertising, the marketing, the social media, the engagement. You have to build that readership. You have to build that client base, essentially. Uh, and so I didn't realize that at the outset. But as I started, as I crept closer to the publication of my first novel in 2018, it became very apparent that uh, you had to take ownership of the business side mm. in order to engage with people and in order to build that readership. And uh, I did uh, because I love the writing part, but I knew that in order to support that, in order to continue to write these novels, uh, people had to know that they existed. So I had to do all those other things you would do for any other other business. And and I love learning. So that was a whole new field for me to step into. Uh, I had no social media accounts before this started, had no idea about business side of things, no idea about marketing. Um, but what's helpful today is that you can just be yourself on these platforms and you can share the journey and authors couldn't have done that in 1975, 85, 95. So it's an opportunity for me to thank people for taking a risk on me as a new author and then telling a friend because that's really what has made, uh, that's what made the novel hit the, the New York Times list last yeah. time. And, uh, and I sincerely appreciate everybody's support. You are a, uh, of course, a former Navy SEAL uh, sniper and uh, a general badass yourself. And uh, I want to get up to Park City, Utah, and hang out with you, and let's shoot some arrows through some of those uh, gelatin heads. I saw your video the other day where you were shooting. That's gear I need right there. I, I need to find one of those rubber heads that the, the blood comes out of it when the arrow goes through it. Those oh, commercials yeah. you're doing are fantastic. You have to call them zombie heads because if they, you call them human heads and if they put red blood in, then uh, then they get censored <laughs> by YouTube. But if it's a zombie head, which looks very similar to a human head, although with a different color of blood coming out, yeah. um, then you're allowed to post them for, for some reason. So, uh, yeah, come on up, man. We'll throw, we'll sling some arrows, uh, destroy some zombie heads, and maybe use some tomahawks on them as well. That's kind of fun. Dude, that's incredible. I, it, I, I, you are a master at promotion when it comes to doing stuff like that. That's a lot of fun. And I also was watching uh, you. You sat down with the Black Rifle Coffee guys recently, and you guys were uh, looking at some of the uh, some. Of the, I love when they critique military movies, right? And how it gets kind of off base and, and things like that. You're coming at this uh, these works of fiction, uh, and I'll I'll add that just like I told Brad, it's it's faction in a lot of ways because it's coming from real life experience for you. This is good stuff. It's in your face. It's gritty. It's hardcore. Tells a story. It takes you on a journey. Uh, and when you're finished, you're ready for the next uh, episode. You're ready for the next sequel uh, to come out. So I want you to keep on doing this, Jack. Um, this uh, th this book right here, The Devil's Hand, is available. It's already out. It came out, what, April 13th, right? That's right. April 13th. And it's uh, yeah available everywhere. People always ask me if it's available in audiobook. And the question, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, the first one was up for audiobook of the year. But up there with Stephen King and Ruth Ware. It was crazy to see it up there with those amazing uh, authors. So yeah, it's out there in all, all those formats, ebook as well. And uh, uh, yeah, 
grab it anywhere books are sold. I like to push people towards those independent bookstores because they had a really tough yeah. year. 2020 and yeah. uh, in order to support them a lot of them are the cornerstones of of uh, different communities across the country so uh check with your local independent bookstore if you can yeah if you're new to jack carr's writings get the terminal list that's the first one in the in the james reese series you will be absolutely addicted to it immediately uh and and you don't want to miss out on that and of course if you're keeping up the Devil's Hand is the new one that's coming out, the fourth installment. Jack, uh, always a pleasure. Let's get together very, very soon. People can find you at Official Jack Carr. That's Carr with two R's dot com. Uh, official, that's right. Official Jack Carr dot com. And then follow him on Instagram, uh, Jack Carr USA. Uh, make sure that you are keeping up with Mr. Carr. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, have, uh, appreciate you being so on and, and letting us have you. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, get up here to Park City. We'll have some whiskey soon. I like it, man. Rock and roll. Thanks, Jack. Hey, guys, Thank what you. if I told you that you could improve your health, boost your energy, and support a healthy heart in less than two minutes per day? Field of Greens is unlike any other superfoods because it uses real USDA organic fruits and vegetables packed with antioxidants. Field of Greens can support heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, and digestion, plus it's pre and probiotic. It's great for everyone in your family, old, young, your athletes. you got to make Field of Greens part of your daily routine it's super simple put a scoop in a glass of water stir it up drink it and you are done and unlike other nutritional drinks which rely only on one vegetable field of greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables plus green tea ginger turmeric and beets i want you to go to brickhousechad.com get 15 percent off your first order with the promo code chad i spell it chad at checkout that's brickhousechad.com Com. It's the easiest, fastest way to start living a healthier life. Available in original wild berry and now lemon lime. BrickhouseChad.com. BrickhouseChad.com. Use promo code CHAD and get the devil's hand. We'll be right back. All right. Uh, I can't wait to read this book. Actually, I, mm -hmm. I, this it is honestly my what reading these type books is what neutralizes my mind and helps me kind of rest when I go before I go to bed. I love it. Good stuff. You used to have learn. a lot of time to read on the planes, but you're not flying as much anymore. Yeah. When are you catching time? Are you really able to catch time to read? I'm reading. I read a lot. I know. I have to. I read every day. Okay. Yeah. I, it's my thing. It is yeah. my. It is my. It's my go-to. That's good. And with the world as crazy as it is right now, uh, you got to get lost in something, right? And uh, we got a book coming out, Am I Crazy? Don't we, Jennings? Yes, we, we sure do. Yeah, August 3rd. Go pre-order it wherever books are sold. Um, when, you, when you go to buy the Terminal List or buy uh, Devil's Hand or one of the series in, of Jack Cars, buy Am I Crazy, too. Mm -hmm. How's that? Uh, the Derek Chauvin trial. So oh. he was convicted of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. I remember right. Uh, interesting that verdict. Uh, I this is I've I don't condone in any way, shape, or form the actions of Derek Chauvin, but I have to say I don't know that the guy. I, I mean I don't know that he murdered George Floyd just from the evidence that's there. I mean the guy obviously was on some pretty strong stuff. Was and, it involuntary or what, what was the? No, thought, it was it was I thought, second and third degree murder. I mean, it well, was it wasn't an involuntary deal. Um, but you know, well, I'm sure and, not. And what the judge minutes. had said, what the judge had said is, if there if there was evidence that something else could have killed him, 
like being on fentanyl or something like that, right. then you can't just say that he was murdered. By, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But what's sad about the entire thing is them wanting to out the names of the jury, uh, trying to dox the jury members. Uh, there was threats that were there. Uh, these folks really had no... Uh, they, they, if they had come back with a not guilty, mm-hmm. they would have burned Minneapolis to the ground. Yeah, right? And have- they still may. Leaders were calling for it. Yeah. Well, then you have the president and you have uh, Maxine Waters talking about it in the, you know, on the news and out there that the public, yeah. you know, and the jury could see at any time because at that point they weren't sequestered. Yeah. And because they waited till yesterday to sequester the jury when mm-hmm. they're going to do the verdict. And then you have it's uh, it pisses me off because you have, still have three other officers that have to stand trial. Yeah. And it's tainted now. Yeah. How can you get a fair trial? Yeah, that judge thanked them for their service, and when he did, he said, "Thank you for your heavy duty jury service." That crew will never be the same. No, I mean it's uh, you know, and they still said it's it's not enough. A lot of them said it's not enough for me. Um, liberals on both social media and television insisted former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin being convicted on all counts did not qualify as justice, with some suggesting he deserved an even harsher punishment. Um. Said, um, what's that, Steve? I think he was overcharged. I mean, he, there was one person that was that died in that, in but they have uh, second degree murder and then third degree. Yeah, and second and degree manslaughter. I mean, manslaughter. That's I mean, where I, yeah, that's where my head was because I went to involve, but it was murder. second degree manslaughter. Well, yeah. and now we're still waiting for sentencing. There's another whole yeah. opportunity Ooh. for this federal narrative that doesn't belong there. Listen, if he's fit to go to jail, he's going to jail. Is, I, I know. You're finna go to jail, and it's not going to be good. No, it's not going to be good. It's not. Um, Model and podcaster Scotty Beam uh, tweeted, no matter the verdict, unfortunately, it's not enough for me. Um, Eric Holder, former attorney general, uh, U.S. attorney general, uh, he says not enough. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went on Instagram Live after the verdict and told her millions of followers that the verdict was not justice because true justice would mean that George Floyd was still alive. Um. I think the, the justice, level of ignorance here is I, just justice being served is that it went through the justice system yeah. and a conclusion was made period yeah. George Floyd going home alive would mean that the, the crime never occurred in the first place to require justice to be served justice is a reactionary thing not not a proactive thing right what was their solution if that's not enough three guilty charges yeah there, there's I mean you're right I mean I, and I can only speculate but i mean i'm assuming anything short of hanging the guy in the public square right there dragging him out it wasn't going to be enough i Um, also have a problem with the civil the civil part of it being done before the trial that you know the family was awarded 27 million dollars before yeah chauvin went to trial listen people need to keep this race narrative going right because it's it's a moneymaker and it's still going the riot stuff they got to make sure it, so they got to come out and say that it's not enough because they got to keep fanning the flames uh it gets them attention it gets them um it gets them support it gets them money i mean it's it's a it, the whole thing is just it's disgusting and uh you've got you've got uh, our favorite idiot Nancy Pelosi, who comes out and says, "Thanks to George Floyd, thank you, George Floyd, for giving Sac- your life, sacrificing your life, sacrificing your life." He took heat for that from both sides, though. Like both sides piled on. Good ass. I mean, it was a parody. 
anyway, she said, um, she said, uh, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. Um, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. Uh, no, because you know what? There's something else happening in the news right now. There'll be another something tomorrow. Every day. It, it's, uh, there was a big one yesterday. Yeah. Well, the girl was not trying. the next uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Like he didn't, he didn't live the life required to be the next Martin Luther yeah. King Jr. Mm-hmm. Not a martyr. Uh, yeah, he's not. So he hundreds, be anyway. hundreds of demonstrators gathered at the Columbus Police Headquarters on Tuesday night, which was last night, protest the fatal police shooting of 16-year-old Makia Bryant. Crowd pushed past police barriers to get near the building where, where they approached officers and chanted the name of Bryant, who was shot dead outside of a home earlier in the day. She was just a kid. The group also yelled, cops with bicycles pushed protesters back, threatened to deploy pepper spray. Um, and, of course, in that, she was attempting to stab two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked at several news headlines, and, you know, the media on the left, of course, is uh, while holding a knife. Yes. That is their, that. That's their narrative while she was holding a knife. She was rearing back fix to stab that girl. Yeah. And I, it's uh, so far, everything I've seen in the video I've seen, it's uh, it's It's a girl justified. in a pink jumpsuit trying to get away holding a dog, and she rears at her with a knife. Yeah. And the cop, of course, shot her in the back. Is this what is is this the point that they want them retrained to use less lethal? So why didn't you try to tase her rather than shoot her? Because deadly, she was using right. deadly force against someone else. And I think I'm not asking. It, I'm just saying oh, okay. I think I was, that that's what they're wanting this to. If she'd come have been to. hitting her with her fist, it'd be one thing. But she wasn't. She had a weapon. Right. But I don't think anybody, right or left, is is disagreeing with the idea that in probably a lot of police precincts better and more training would be a good thing but i i don't i i don't i assume nobody's against that idea uh, that better and more training no, but is, here's the thing even when you take these people i don't care even these liberal activists and they've done it where they put them in the same scenarios where they have to react in a police escalated situation where there's a threat every one of them they have to make a decision in a split second and mm-hmm. they all fail mm-hmm. they all fail um it's sad. I mean, it's sad, but it, you know, there's going to be outrage no matter what what happens. Um, and I got I got something else I want to say about that. It's probably going to get me in trouble. But first, did you know that the average American has 97 points that they can add to their credit score and have no idea how to get them? Scoremaster is the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. Forget raising your credit score a few points. That's weak, folks. The average Scoremaster user raises their credit. 61 points in 20 days or less. That's 61 points added to your credit. Uh, so say your credit score was in the high 500s to mid 600s and you bought that new car. If you'd gone to Scoremaster first and raised your credit score, just the average 61 points our listeners get, you could have saved nine grand on your car loan. Now, if you'd gone to Scoremaster before applying for a home loan and raised your score, just the average 61 points that our, our listeners get, you could have saved almost a hundred grand over the life of your loan. If you own a business, you know how essential great credit is from getting a loan to funding projects to financing equipment. Go to Scoremaster first and see how super boosting your business credit score can save you a fortune. Scoremaster puts you in control of your finances, not the banks. Enroll in minutes and see how many plus points Scoremaster can add to your credit score. Visit scoremaster.com slash Chad. That's scoremaster.com slash Chad. We'll be right back. 
So um, over the weekend, there was a seven-year-old girl that was shot and killed while waiting in line at a McDonald's drive-thru in Chicago. A mm -hmm. uh, child's father was shot too, but survived the attack. The suspect, suspected motives behind the attack remain unreleased by police officials, uh, but the car was found covered in bullet holes. So it was a drive-by, mm -hmm. all right? Um, 30 shell casings outside the vehicle after the shooting. Uh, da, 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 da. But where's BLM? Where's BLM? Well, there I mean, was an attempted execution of somebody mm -hmm. right there in broad daylight by a, someone of the same race. Yeah. N it's not newsworthy. But what if... Uh, um, but those black lives mattered. Right. They matter. So where are they? Where are they? Uh, it doesn't fit the agenda, guys. I mean, that's, that's the sad part about this whole thing. Um, Black Lives Matter movement is the group's, uh, let's see, one major criticism of the left-wing Black Lives Matter movement is the group's refusal to focus on all innocent black lives, instead seemingly picking out controversial and politically opportune cases that help advance, for example, their goal of nationally defunding police. Black-on-black -black crime is completely ignored by the movement as it doesn't fit their agenda. Earlier this month, a resident of Rochester, New York, called out BLM activists for ignoring crime in the city when it doesn't involve police. If the police were killing us at the rate we're killing ourselves, I suspect this town would be on fire. Uh, said Rudy Rivera, CEO of Rochester's Father Lawrence Tracy Advocacy Center on uh, North Clinton Avenue, noted the protesting he saw this summer in response to the death of a black name named uh, Daniel Prude following a police interaction. The activists who sparked the protest and many nights of subsequent destructive violent rioting, rioting in the city are now nowhere to be found as murder continues to spike in Rochester. When we kill ourselves, I say to myself, where are the protesters lining the streets? Where are the people within our own community who know what's going on here uh, well, where are they? And that's the most tragic part of this whole story because everybody knows what's happening here, yet it persists. Where are the voices? Um, yeah, it's a sad deal. I mean, but the hypocrisy is what stinks about the whole thing. Well, that we have a culture problem, and in a, a culture problem, whether it be the black culture, or the police culture, there's there's problems on both both sides of that. Yeah. And where does how do you change culture? Yeah, it's getting to the point where I, you know, you almost just want to. And there's good people in the world, man. Yeah, there's good people. Alice and I, we, we spent the better part of four hours yesterday at the uh, North Texas Community Food Bank uh, there in Fort Worth. And those folks in there work in that food bank. It's the, it's the largest in the nation of um, pri a privately funded food bank. Huge. Doing an incredible work over there. We spent some time with, we had some, they're, they're gracious enough also to let us use their conference room for meetings. And so we brought in some experts, uh, tax experts, to talk about property tax. So that was my exciting day, talking about property tax in Texas mm. for three hours. Uh, it really was great. I was going to uh, say it's it really was, valid. It was, it was very meaningful conversation yeah. and discussion. I learned a lot. But you, you realize when you go to a place like that and you see the work that people are doing, volunteer, I might add, uh, there's good people in the world. Mm -hmm. Why don't we focus on those things? Why don't we highlight that? But we don't do that anymore. We, we don't. If it, you know, if it bleeds it leads mm -hmm. right and that's what we, we get the media they love to pump this stuff up and push it out there um i mean white people get shot by cops too i mean they're they're they, but it doesn't make the news well and black people get killed by black people right and i was also going to say there's black people that don't get killed by cops that's right right we have a media problem we have a media problem I, you know i went to TMZ. The other, I, I haven't gone there in a long time, but something drew me there. Some sort of entertainment tonight bit. 
I would say that 99% of the top stories were all white people killing black people. Yeah. It, like that, like it is happening so much that that has to be the top story. You should go there. Just go look and see how many stories yeah. are just actually don't go there. Don't feed that. But I, it was so sad. I, well, you take, um, it, it, let's apply some logic. Let's apply a little logic here. Let's, let's see if we can do this. So we've said over and over again, there's 400 million guns in America, right? Uh, there's a certain type of people. Who own the majority of those guns, right? Tend to be conservative thinking. Tend to be, uh, I mean, you you know how it is, right? Tend yeah. to be tend to be the people on the conservative side. If we had a gun problem in this country, uh, the whole it, everybody'd know it because because we just kill everybody that disagreed with us, mm -hmm. right? There's 400 million guns. I mean, there's not 400 million deaths by guns uh, unless you're listening to Joe Biden give a speech and he talks about 90 million a year. Um, well, let's say this. So if the black community makes up, what, 13%, 14% of the American population, if we hated, if white people hated blacks, you'd know it. Because that would be a genocide, right? But yes. that's not how we think. That's not how we live. We don't have a race problem in this country. We fought the bloodiest battle in history of the Civil War. 600,000 people died in the Civil War. You could, that's, that's more than any other war that we've been involved in, and probably combined. 600,000 people lost their lives, brothers killing brothers, to end slavery, to end slavery. We fought for civil rights. We fought to end uh, Jim Crow laws, right? We fought. We elected a black man president twice. We have a person of color who's vice president now. There's not a race problem in America. Mm -hmm. There is a culture problem in America. There is a heart problem in America. A media problem. There is a media problem in America. I said it 30 years ago. There's no way you can have 24-7 media coverage without running out of shit to say. And mm -hmm. so you're going to have to start creating a narrative that you can keep these on the airwaves because there's not that much news to report. Mm -hmm. So you've got to keep going and, and get with the. So, so now there's no difference between a TMZ and CBS <clears throat> News. It's all for shock value. Mm -hmm. there, there's yeah, no I difference mean, in any of it. Yeah, daily they're going through at the, and looking for stories across the nation. What's going to grab the headlines? And once one of them grabs it, everybody's going to pile on and grab that because it's for those And ratings, we talked about it sales. Monday. Yeah, we talked about it the other day. I mean, what Maxine Waters said, absolutely reprehensible to say we've got to get more confrontational. Somebody mm -hmm. needs to get confrontational with her. And some of her colleagues need to get a little confrontation. They already let her off the hook for it. They already yeah. let her off it's the ridiculous. hook. So they wanted a censure of, of Maxine Waters for incitement of violence in Minnesota. Uh, they, they, they're not going to do that. They nuked that resolution, uh, got rid of it. So um, two Minnesota National Guardsmen were injured hours later in a drive-by shooting as the Twin Cities remains on the edge ahead of the verdict. This was, of course, written uh, yesterday. Announced to be coming shortly. Um, the comments excused by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in the White House drew the admonishment of Judge Peter Cahill, who presides over the Chauvin trial. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, he said, before calling Waters' comments ab abhorrent. 
Congressional Republicans condemned Waters' comments as incitement and jury intimidation as Chauvin's defense team was denied request to sequester the jury throughout the trial. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a trial before. You're talking about this thing. You're giving a verdict before the verdict's yes. ever delivered by the jury. I watched that Biden verdict. Biden did the same thing. I watched it come down live, and it was almost comical to watch the media's look of just crushed disappointment that they weren't about to you know, report on 24 hours of madness in the city for rioting. Yeah, they wanted it. They were disappointed. And, and I mean, how many of those reports were saying, uh, no matter what, that, you know, like, here's, here's an article right here. Black Lives Matter protesters in Minneapolis compared police shootings to a genocide Tuesday in a viral video on Twitter. Uh, Amy Horowitz went to Minneapolis to ask protesters about the tension in the city as they awaited the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, one, protester said, one protester said, burn the whole city down. What does it matter? I say burn the city down, you know, so they can see what that we're here. Continue the movement. Yes, absolutely, another one said. Uh, if, when she asked them if they would burn down Minneapolis, he said, that'd be the least of our problems. I'm all for burning it down. There shouldn't even be a trial. He should be convicted just as is. See, so that didn't come from her, their uh, fearless founder. She was too busy closing on her multi-million dollar home. <laughs> Patrice. <laughs> the fourth multi-million dollar home, however right. ever it was. Well, she's a, she's a Marxist, man. She's got to put her family somewhere. Yeah. Hmm. You got to be able to share real estate like that. She, yeah. Everybody's equal. I have some really good breaking news. I know we're tight on time. Tell me. Last night, Texas gun experience prevented guns from getting in the wrong hands when yeah. somebody tried to break in because we don't want them in the wrong hands. That's right. And they, they did not get that, in. They couldn't break through that glass. Mm-mm. That's some tough We're tough prepared stuff. to keep uh, America safe. There you go. More ways than one. Who tries to break into a place like Texas Gun Experience? <laughs> I got pictures of them. I saw them. I saw them. What a moron. Y'all hang tight. We'll be right back. I appreciate Ron DeSantis there in Florida. Uh, you know, he just signed a, a, mm-hmm. a bill anti-rioting in Florida. He said, if you look at the breadth of this particular piece of legislation, it's the strongest anti-rioting pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. There's just nothing even close. Uh, it, the law grants civil immunity for people who drive through demonstrators blocking a road, meaning they can't be sued for damages if protesters get hurt or killed, though they could face criminal charges. Ahead of the bill's passing, Democrats asked if such a provision would have protected the white nationalists who ran over and killed counter-protester Heather Heyer in Charlottesville, uh, but Republicans said the immunity would not apply if the driver claims self-defense. Um, interesting. Interesting world we're living in. Mm-hmm. Makes, me, makes me want to uh, just vomit. I guess we can expect something similar next week here in Texas. Probably so, yeah. <laughs> Abbott's got again, it at the again, board you got to remember Greg Abbott, he says it, he doesn't do it, right? He just echoes the sentiment. He says it, he doesn't do it. Um, Ditto doesn't get it done. Yeah, that's exactly right. I want you guys to go to watchchad.com and uh, see where we're going to be. We're going to be all over the country over the next couple of months, uh, and not the least of which, we're going to be all over the state of Texas doing a whole lot of things, uh, various Various uh, little pop-ups and rallies and all kind of things are going to be fun. Uh, come see us in Oklahoma City Friday night. We're going to be there. That is the 23rd, right, Allison? The 23rd, we're going to be at the National Cowboy Hall of Fame and Western Heritage Museum. So come out there. The Ragamuffins will be there. Jesse Payton will be there. We're going to have a good time. You can get your tickets and info at watchchad.com. And uh, that's where all the fun stuff is, Allison. Go get your, get your yellow rose shirt. Yeah. I identify as Texan. 
We got a few left. They were yeah. the limited edition. This is one of my favorites right here. Most likely to secede. You're wearing the same thing, Steve. We're twinsies. Twinsies. Secede us. Hashtag secede us. <laughs> Have a good Tuesday night, folks. We a good Wednesday night. We love y'all. God bless you. Talk to you next time. Bye.